0: I love that song of theirs. That's Jonathan and Emily Martin, and we are going to be so blessed to have them with us on the eve of Palm Sunday for um, a night of word and worship, and we just heard these words from them. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your great compassion, wipe out all of my transgression. Have you ever done something wrong? and then experience the the extreme weight of guilt, the feeling of shame or regret, knowing that you've possibly hurt someone else, hurt yourself, hurt God. Maybe you've felt like you're such a disappointment to the point that you wanna run and hide, curl up in a ball, cry, and maybe not even lift your face to look at the person, that you have hurt. I know I've been there before. A few examples, the the time when I was a child and I disobeyed my parents and they told me I couldn't go out and play with a friend and I decided to anyway and snuck off and we ran all over the neighborhood all evening without my parents knowing and then I came home to find my parents in tears, ready to call the police and When I saw their face and how sad and upset they were, I ran to my room and hid in my bed and cried and knew that, wow, I had done something really wrong and hurt my parents. And later my parents came in and hugged me, said they loved me, but I had consequences because that's what happens when you do things wrong. Or the time when I cut someone off in traffic and got ahead of them, and then had to merge into the left lane, and then hit a red light, and there I was, stuck next to the person next to me that I had cut off, and I didn't even look to see if they were glaring at me. I just went like this. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) I should not have done that. Or the many times that I've lost my temper with my kids, or I didn't love Andrew like I was supposed to, and I should have, and then later, After that guilt and that weight, I had to go back and apologize. What about you? Maybe it's things from your childhood or teenage years or even something more recent. Have you ever felt like you've just messed up big time? So much that you've wandered away from Jesus. Maybe feeling that you've disappointed him too. Or somehow unworthy to be called his child. Well, I want you to know today that we are all part of that story. You are not alone. In Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all made mistakes. We have all done things that hurt others and hurt God and hurt ourselves. For you, maybe that's pridefulness in who you are, what you do, instead of who God made you to be and the calling that he has given you. Maybe it's lust and looking at things that are harmful for our minds and our relationships or what we watch on television. Maybe it's greed, not just for money or more things, but greed for more attention. Perhaps it's selfishness and choosing to think of yourself more than others. Or I know we're all guilty of judging others or putting others down or casting them away because we simply just don't want to be like them. Or be around them, or don't agree with them. We are all guilty of some sort of sin. We all have our story of sin. In our psalm today, we hear David um, pleading to God to cleanse him and make him new. And David was a sinner, even though he was called a man after God's own heart. He fell into lust and committed adultery, was a murderer, and yet he knew what he did was wrong and he came to a place of repentance. In David's psalm, we hear him saying, God, cleanse me, make me clean, God, wash me, God, hide, do not hide your face from me. I'm such a sinner, don't even look at me, God, but make me clean, God, deliver me from my sin. Restore me, God, sustain me. Have you ever cried out to God like that? Back in those days, they would beat their chest when they were sad or hurt. Or angry, they would beat their chest and say, God, I'm such a sinner, make me new, make me new. And that's what I imagine David doing. And so tonight on our Ash Sunday service, we gather as a time to reflect on our mortality, our sinfulness, and our need for our savior. And some people, they use this as an opportunity to take some time to fast in order to repent of sin and recommit their life to God. If we read later in Psalm 51:17, it says, "My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise." So contrition, that feeling of, "I was wrong, I'm sorry, God, I need you, help me," is the theme that we have this evening and through Lent. I think it's important that we take time to reflect on our need for a Savior, but I think it's also important for us to recognize that we know the end of the story (laughs) that is coming, that we celebrate on Easter. I think the story of our Savior on the cross is a huge part of our contrition and our repentance. Jesus has already redeemed us. We know the end of the story. We know that Jesus went to the cross to die for our sin. We know that he was the sacrifice to make us clean and wash us wide as snow. David didn't know that back then, but we know that now. He made a way for us to be in the presence of God. So tonight, I don't want us to sit and dwell in our sorrows of Our brokenness and our sinfulness and our mistakes and our unworthiness. I want us to come forward tonight to the cross full of thanksgiving and joy as we saw in the transition in the song that it turns from, um, Wash me clean, make me new, God, to, I am so thankful to be in your presence that I'm going to rejoice and praise you and sing to you, God. I want us to come to the cross knowing that we are redeemed, made new, and loved by our Father God. This is one of the reasons why I chose the story of the prodigal son for our theme this evening for Ash Wednesday. um, Ash Sunday now. Um, Because it really speaks to this idea of turning away from God, feeling unworthy, and then yet experiencing the incredible love of our Father God. When Jesus was teaching a crowd of people, he would often use parables, and these parables were like stories with this deeper message to it, um, in a way to parallel life and culture to that of the message that Jesus wanted his hearers to learn. So Jesus used this parable of the prodigal son to demonstrate the love that our Father God has for us, his children, and to say that no matter how far you have strayed from him, he is anxiously and lovingly waiting for you to come back to him, and when you do, he will restore you and celebrate you. In the story, we hear about a son who is disobedient to his father. He goes to his father and he demands his inheritance which is the money that he would receive when his father died, um, which basically means he's saying, I wish you dead, Father. I want nothing to do with you. Give me the money that you would give me now, and I want nothing else to do with you. And so his father gives him what he wishes. He lets him go, and he leaves his house, and he breaks all ties with him and creates such incredible distance between him and his father. His old way of life, nothing, he doesn't want that. And instead he chooses to leave the safety and love and comfort of the father's house in order to go and live according to the world and the worldliness of that time. He gives into worldly passions and greed and drunkenness and squanders everything and ends up rock bottom. He has no money, he has no food, He has to find the worst job imaginable of that time, feeding pigs, and he's left feeling desperate and full of unworthiness. And it's then that he seems to wake up and realize it would be better for me to just go back home and live even in a lowly position where my father would look down on me even as just a slave. He puts together this speech He says, I'm going to put together this speech. I'm going to go home. I'm going to say sorry. Please let me just stay here and live as a servant. It would be better than the way of life that I was living. Um, But what he doesn't know is what's been happening while he's been away. His father, all this time, has been waiting at the window and watching and yearning for his son to return home. And while the son is over there thinking, well, my father really loved me after all that I've done, I'm so ashamed, so unworthy. Nothing good could come from being in the presence of my father. The father at home is saying, Come home, my son, come home, my child. I want you here. So when the son decides to go home, he begins his journey, rehearsing his speech over and over I am unworthy, I am unworthy. I am worthless. Just make me a servant. And you can think, you would think that through this distance that he's created with his father and his journey back home, that as he is saying this over and over, that he's starting to believe, I am so unworthy. I am nothing. But when he gets almost home, his father sees him from a way off. And what does he do? He runs to him. He closes that distance, that gap between him. He doesn't shame him and doesn't shove him in the servant's quarters and tell him how awful he's done. Instead, he runs to him. And this would be unheard of in that time. Fathers, you wouldn't run because you would possibly show your knees, which was not good, apparently, at that time. Not acceptable, but the father didn't care. Um, He went to his son. He was so moved with love and compassion for him that he tackled him with hugs and kisses on his cheek. He closed that gap for him. And he created this space for him to be welcomed back into his arms. And he didn't bring up what he'd done wrong or how he wished him dead. All he cared about was getting his son back. And the son um, had his speech all prepared, ready to say, I'm so unworthy, but the father didn't even let him say it. He just embraced him and showered with him with gifts, threw a party for him and said, You are my son. You are not a servant. I'm, you're welcomed back just the way you are. And so you know what that means for us. That's Jesus. It means that we, because of Jesus, we are no longer dead or lost. We are found alive. Jesus isn't going to bring up our past and shame us or condemn us, because when we turn to him, he washes us white as snow. And that means that our Heavenly Father looks at us with compassion, loving, welcoming, merciful, forgiving. He is one who calls you his child, and he rejoices over you and calls you worthy, and he celebrates you. Have you ever wandered so far away from God that you felt you were too messed up to even come back to the Father? That you're just a complete mess? What I want you to know is that your mess is not too big for our God to be undone by him. And this is why we have the cross. This is why I wanted the cross center today. Because this is, should be at the center of our heart. And when we come forward to receive the ashes to remember our sin and our mortality, I want it to be a coming home to the cross and meeting Jesus there and saying, wait, you've washed me white as snow. You have redeemed me. Tonight I want you to be willing to come home. Strip down, everything that you feel unworthy of and give it to god and be willing to say come home repentance repentance is us saying god i need you jesus come finish what i have messed up come help me wrap your arms around me and you know what he's going to do is he's going to call you his child and say that you are worthy This is what repentance looks like. So I wanna make it clear, though, that running to the cross and saying, thank you, God, for forgiving me and making me clean, means that we can't turn right back around and keep on doing what we know is sinful. That would be like the son coming home, having a big party, and then saying, okay, I'm done with you, and running away again. The cross is an invitation to come and be transformed. And that's why our theme for Out Lent is being formed in Christ. We want to be transformed by Christ in every area of our lives. And so we come to the cross to receive ashes on our head, or your hand if you wish, and I don't want you to see it as a sign of your guilt or your shame. I want it to be a coming home to the cross. And yes, that takes courage to lay all of that down before God and to lift up your head to Jesus But when he lifts your head to him, he will love you and say, you are mine. So with that, I want to invite you to come home to Jesus tonight. Come home to your loving and compassionate, forgiving father and experience the love that he has for you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you that you are a welcoming God a God who does not hold wrongs against us. You are merciful, forgiving. You call us your child, and you rejoice over us when we turn to you. Lord, I pray that any of us who are feeling the weight of shame or bitterness um, of our sin, Lord, would you come enter right now and bring peace? Would you remind us how much you love us? And that when we come home to you, God, You're running there to greet us because you want us. Thank you that you do not leave us alone in our agony and in our pain and our brokenness, but that you are with us, God. In Jesus' name, amen.